Take your seats. It's wonderful to see so many folks this morning. Lots of faces I don't recognize. I'm Jonathan. I'm associate pastor here, if you don't know who I am. And I'm just going to take us through the rest of the service. And we're going to take up from where Amy left us. I was helpfully reminded that this is a family service. And I won't tell you that I was told off, but I kind of was. I've got to speak to everybody, right? I'm not just speaking to the adults. I've got to remember I'm speaking to the children as well. So before we, we, we dive into the words uh, more, let's just take a moment, shall we? And let's pray, because this is Easter Sunday, this is Resurrection Sunday, and there is a lot for us to give thanks for today. There's a lot for us to sing about, there's a lot for us to be joyful about. So let's come before the Lord, let's bow our heads, and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that from all eternity past, before the world was even created, you had a plan for the redemption of your people. We thank you, Father, that you sent your Son, the Lord Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, who would live the life as a carpenter's son, who would go to the synagogue. As he grew, he taught, he spoke, he healed, he did miraculous things. And people hated him for that. People really hated him for that. And Jesus, your son, put to death on a cross, not as some tragic accident, but as a plan for redemptive history that we might be drawn near, that our sin was taken upon his shoulders at the cross. But if it ends there, God, we know that there is no truth to our faith. There is nothing here. There is no significance, nothing's happened. But we know that the scriptures were fulfilled and that the Lord Jesus on the third day rose again. That your son rose victorious, overcoming sin and death. That your son rose victorious and soon would uh, ascend to heaven. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you that once we were far, but now we are near. We thank you that you came to us and that by your grace and your mercy, you have drawn us near. You are a wonderful God. You are the most exceptional of saviors. And today we worship you. We rejoice in who you are and all that you've done for us. Amen. Amy just gave us a word that begins with the letter F. What was the word? Forgiveness. Yeah, that was, that's definitely what you said. Um, we, we come and we have the word forgiveness. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you another three words, right? And I need you to be listening. There's another three words and very helpfully, by coincidence, they all begin with the letter F. So what we're thinking about is things that have happened because Jesus is risen. Paul, you can stick the first slide up for me, please. Um, the impossible happened. That's our little phrase for today. And there's four Fs that you have to remember. The first is forgiveness. The second F, the second thing that was achieved for us by the resurrection is freedom. By the way, I'm not going to preach from John chapter 20 this morning. The Reverend Craig Dyer has the luxury of all of those 19 verses in John 20. We're going to do a little survey of the scriptures uh, as we look to the resurrection. John tells us, if the Son sets you free, 
you will be free indeed. We have this picture of these two hands that are chained together and these chains being broken open, this idea of freedom. You might say that because of God, something impossible has happened. Because we have forgiveness, what does that mean? As Amy told us, it means that the Lord Jesus took the weight of sin upon his shoulders. Jesus didn't have any sin. He was perfect. There was nothing bad you could say about him, though lots of people did. There was nothing credible you could say bad about him. But he took our sin and he became the sacrifice once and for all for those who believe and we have forgiveness. And because we have forgiveness, we have freedom. Freedom means that there is no longer the barrier of sin between God and man. I could do all sorts of illustrations here where we literally get curtains and we tear them in half, but that's a bit wasteful. Um, but, But there's this idea that before Jesus died, there is God and there is man. And there's this big problem called sin in the middle and there would be sacrifices and high priests and and everything else that would offer temporary sacrifices to God. But we come to celebrate today the freedom of the cross. What are we free from? In the verses that, that Suzanne read for us, therefore my friends I want you to know that through Jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you through him everyone, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. You see, everyone who believes from every sin. So this isn't Jesus just doing something um, a little bit. He's not just covering some sin. He's not just doing a little bit, but he is covering every sin for everyone who would believe. And that's the beautiful thing that as we come here together, if you know and love Jesus, you are free. You are free from all sin and from its consequences. There's a picture illustrated for us uh, in Matthew 27, this picture of the curtain that was in the temple. You see, there was a curtain and that curtain was between um, the the rest of the temple and this place called the Holy of Holies. And this is where uh, God dwelt with the people. And the priests could go in once a year with some sacrifices, but you couldn't just walk in there. Because Jesus, because God is holy. And if you walked in there without Jesus being unholy, there were some serious consequences. But as Jesus died, this great big curtain was torn in two. Because Jesus is saying, I'm no longer there. God is no longer in this temple. But I am here and I am here for everyone. Because of what Jesus did, we have been invited in. And because of him, we have freedom. Freedom's great, but you have to do something with it. What are we to do with our freedom? We read in Romans 8, 2, through Jesus Christ, eh, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. What are we free from? We're free from sin. We're free from death. We know it. We still sin. We still do wrong things, don't we? When we know that we shouldn't. But we don't have to because we can live for Jesus. These verses tell us that we've been given freedom. It's not something that we've paid for. It's something that God himself and the Lord Jesus paid for. Forgiveness, freedom. 
Number three. So these are things that have happened because of the resurrection. Number three is the word follow. We can follow. The impossible happens and we can follow God. I'll tell you a little story about following, right? Victoria and I were on holiday. We were on honeymoon, actually. And we had a hire car. And we had like 15 miles of fuel left. And we were going to the city and I thought, no problem. Um, we were in Greece. We'll, we'll just fill up when we're there. Uh, so I put it into Google Maps and off we went. So we started up this hill and it was hairpin bend and hairpin bend. And you thought, there's not much traffic here, but there'll be a city there, it'll be fine. So we go and it was like 17 miles away. But you know how there's fuel reserves past zero in cars? Sometimes that needs tested. Um, so we got all the way up this hill. So we, we, we crack on and we get up to, to, to almost where we're going, over the horizon of this hill to this to the city where there's going to be a fuel station. We get up there, nothing. Nothing there, no fuel. And we've just come from 15 miles away. Where I know there was a petrol station and there wasn't one on the way. So I, we freewheeled down and the Lord's providence and fuel reserves came in really helpfully. We found a petrol station and we were okay. But it was a fun experience and, and she's still married to me, so it's great. Uh, <laughs> I followed the wrong directions. I, I misspelled my, my, my Greek, <laughs> ancient or modern, isn't very good. Um, and, and I put in a wrong letter and all of a sudden we ended up in drastically the wrong place. We were lost because we were following the wrong directions. And Jesus has some words to say to us about following him. Not just following anybody, following wrong directions, following wrong things, but following him Matthew 16, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What Jesus is saying here is, if you believe in me, remember my forgiveness, remember the freedom that you have, don't be selfish. Don't be about yourself. You've been set free from that. That is the mentality of the world. That is the mentality of sinfulness you've been set free from. But deny yourself. That's hard. That means putting Jesus first and follow me. If anybody's ever told you that being a Christian or following Jesus is easy, it's not. We have the wonderful realities of forgiveness and freedom. And the question is, what are we going to do with that? What are we going to do with the forgiveness and the freedom that we know because of him? Are we prepared to follow? That means making difficult decisions even when it's hard. And I speak to you, whoever you are, whatever age you are, whatever work, life, situation, family situation and everything else you find yourself in. Denying yourself and taking up your cross and following Jesus is really, really hard. But if you know him and if you know his forgiveness and you know his freedom, it is the life that we are called to. I wonder, boys and girls, if there's any sort of stories you could tell me of times and if your family have get drastically lost. Maybe mum and dad aren't very good at following directions. Maybe they're great at following directions better than me. Maybe your car journeys are quite exciting because you don't really know where you're going or when you're going to get there. But you know, following Jesus is exciting. It's certainly not boring and it's certainly not easy. But that is where we find life. That is where we find joy. It is where we find forgiveness and freedom. And because of that, we can follow him and know him.
Somebody recap me. This has got to have worked. What are the three <coughs> What are the three Fs? What was the first one Amy spoke, spoke about? <coughs> well done. What was number two? Yes, at number three. Yes! Yes! We're going to recap on, recap on this tomorrow and say that I spoke to the kids. Uh, fantastic. Yes. There are three Fs so far. And the fourth, the fourth one we definitely made fit. The fourth one is we have a future hope. Jesus' resurrection means that the impossible happens. You see, death wasn't the end for Jesus. Jesus didn't die and that was it because, well, that wouldn't really be good news. It wouldn't be good news for me or for you or really for anybody at all. But death wasn't the end for Jesus. And you know what? Death isn't the end for you and it isn't the end for me. One day we will be resurrected to life forever with God in a place where there is no dying, there is no suffering, there are no tears, and there is no pain. We're told in Romans 8, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. What is hope? We can't see it. Hope isn't like an apple. It's not something you can touch and feel and eat and smell and do things with. But we're told, what's the point in something to hope in if you can see it? But hope is something that you cannot see. It's something that needs trust. It's something that we learn about and grows in us as we trust him and as we read his words to us. I wonder what you hope for. I wonder if you hope that tomorrow will be better. I wonder if you hope for that wonderful trip to Disneyland. I wonder if you hope like me that Hibs will win the league next year. There's lots of things that we hope for, but much of our hoping in, in our human states is really just wishful thinking, isn't it? Not everything we hope for will actually happen. But the hope of Christians is a little bit different. You see, the hope that we have in Jesus is a little bit more than this wishful thought and this hope. But actually, it's unshakable confidence. It is unshakable confidence that even when circumstances give us reason to doubt him and question him, still we can have hope. You see, we don't hope like the world does. We don't just wish for things to happen. Why? Because our hope rests on one man. And of course, that man is Jesus. You see, if Jesus didn't die, and if Jesus didn't come to life, facts that all of us have to look at and decide for ourselves, if they actually didn't happen, all of this is of utter irrelevance. Us being here is of no importance, and we're actually just being a little bit foolish by doing this when we could have all been in our beds on a Sunday morning. If it's not real, it's not important. But it is real. And that's why we're here. The death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus are real events. And that means that our hope isn't just built on wishful thinking. We don't have 
hopeful optimism that something might happen in our favor one day. But we have hope in Jesus. What does hope do? It gives us strength. Hope gives us strength when things are difficult. It helps us face tomorrow. The world says, have confidence in yourself. You have everything you need within you for your hope in the future. But Christians put their confidence and their hope and their trust in Jesus. We find confidence, we find strength, we find hope for tomorrow. Hope also teaches us patience. Our world tells us, solve your own problems. Get on with it, deal with it, sort it. But we as Christians, when we face difficult or seemingly impossible, hopeless situations, we learn to wait on God. And hope in God brings us encouragement. You know, you get that feeling, don't you? Friday morning hits that first coffee break and there's that, that anticipation of the weekend that is about to come. It's great, isn't it, that it comes around every week. You get that little lifting of your spirit. Think about that, that, that anticipation, that little bit of excitement that school's almost finished for the weekend and it's almost Easter holidays or work's almost done. Imagine that stretched for all eternity and add some more. Excitement, anticipation for the hope, the future hope that we have because of Jesus. So we have four words that are achieved for us by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Forgiveness, freedom, we can follow him and we have a future hope. I wonder where you stand with the Lord Jesus today. I wonder if you know him and if you love him. I wonder if you know these things. I wonder if you know forgiveness of your sins. If you know freedom that comes from that because of that forgiveness. If you know what it is to follow the Lord Jesus, to sacrifice and live a life that puts him first. And if you know in your heart of hearts that you have a hope, a hope that is greater than anything you will ever find in yourself. This is the hallmarks of a believer, the things that we know to be true. And on Easter Sunday, we can rejoice in and we can celebrate. These are the four F's of Easter. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the good news of your son. We thank you that we have forgiveness of sins. We thank you that we have freedom to live free from the shackles of sin and death. We thank you that you call us to live lives that follow you and that one day we will see a future glory because there is a future hope in you. We thank you that we can come together today, this Easter Sunday, to rejoice and give thanks, to celebrate, to proclaim that he is risen, the very pinnacle of our faith. that he is not dead, he is not here. You will not find him in this grave, it is empty. But he is risen. Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for all that he has done for us. We worship you. Amen.